Today's message is entitled, Moved with Compassion. Moved with Compassion. Turning my feelings into action. Turning my feelings into action. We have been spending the this year talking about being people of action. That it's not enough just to say things or speak things or to say you're Christian. We must learn to put things into action. And so that's one of the reasons why we're reading the book of Acts, because after the New Testament and this whole introduction of Jesus being the Savior of the world, Jesus needed people to spread the word. He needed action. He needed people to do something to get the word around. And so that still is our charge today, Our great, the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20, is that we would go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples, teaching them uh, to observe whatsoever Jesus has commanded us and baptizing them in the name of Jesus, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So um, it's still our commission, but there's not enough of us um, who are committed to action. So I wanted to spend this year talking about how to get things into action. And so today's lesson is going to really focus on, because people don't have problems with feelings. People don't have problems with emotions. What if we found a way to utilize all that energy of our emotions and our feelings and could trade it in or turn it into action? The reality is that action is usually brought about because of something. What is it that gets people to do things? Well, there's a few examples. You know, you could be forced to do something. Um, God doesn't force us. Uh, you could do it out of duty. It's your job to do it. Um, you know, yeah, it's your job, but God doesn't enforce it. Uh, you do it for money. Uh, I bet I bet we'd have a lot more action in the church if everybody got a check. <laughs> uh, if everybody said, okay, you go help the homeless, you get a check for a million dollars, you would be at the homeless center tomorrow. Um, but, but what if feelings, what if compassion was a catalyst for action? God doesn't force us. He doesn't promise to pay us literally on a week-to-week check. He does pay us in benefit form. But here's what he hopes. He hopes that our love for him and others will be enough to get us to jump in the game. He wants us to to connect with him enough, to feel him enough, to love him enough, to want to do something for him. You checking? So we have to ask ourselves, are we people of compassion? Are we people of compassion? Well, let's make sure we understand what compassion really is all about, how it And I want to show you how it is the impetus for our actions in fulfilling God's will for our lives. Talk to you from this perspective about uh, compassion. Notice the word compassion. I'm going to give you the etymology from the Latin, but when we talk about compassion, let's look at the first word, passion. Let's, Let's look at that piece of it. Passion is the above the average feeling. Passion is not just your regular feeling. It's above average. It's an intense driving or overmastering feeling or conviction. It's overbearing. It's aggressive. Passion is a feeling, watch this, so intense, sometimes it feels like you're suffering. Ooh, watch this now. And the only way, watch this, the only way to get rid of the angst or the anxiety of that passion is to act on it. Ah, I got to unpack this. Listen, so passion is so aggressive that it makes you feel anxious about what it is you're feeling. So much so 
you're suffering. Oh, and you feel like, oh, I've got to do something about this. I can't, I can't just sit here and do that. I can't. You get anxietous. And the only way to remove that suffering is to commit an action. This is why, beloved, remember they talk about Jesus' death and his resurrection. They call it what? The passion of Christ. Because the passion of Christ was indicative of his suffering. So now watch this. Let's take the etymology of this and let's look at compassion. Compassion. The word C-O-M is like come with community, with unity, with passion. So the first part of it is with, the second part in the Latin is pati, which means suffering. So compassion together means with suffering. Ah, watch this now. So there's this there's this passion in compassion that creates this suffering. The Greek word is, and I only say it because it's it's a funny word. So I, I know you don't care about it, but it's splunknitsomai. <laughs> I liked it. Splunknitsomai is the Greek for compassion. It means a strong emotion to feel deeply or to have inward feelings. So today we're going to learn, watch this now, the text we're going to look at says Jesus was moved with compassion. In other words, in essence, it's saying Jesus was with suffering. He was moved with suffering. He was moved into suffering with others who suffered. Mm. Uh, in other words, he had deep feelings. He saw others suffering that he started feeling the suffering. And the only way to get out of their suffering and his suffering was to do something about what he was feeling. Oh. So he found a way to turn his feelings into an action. So his being, watch this, operative word, M-O-V-E-D, moved, his being moved is the signification of action. So in other words, he was moved by, in other words, it had something that created a reaction. His feelings were, here it is, I'm trying to explain it. His feelings were so strong, they moved him into uh, action. Now watch this now. So we're going to learn how to develop actions from our feelings. And we're going to learn how to measure the intensity of our passion to understand whether we're just feeling something or whether we're passionate about something. Ah, come on and teach, PC. So let's read the scriptures I have for you. We're going to read Matthew 9, 36, uh, Matthew 14, 14, Mark 6, 34. There are a few different scenarios, but I just want to see, want you to see three different scenarios where Jesus was moved with compassion. And in these texts, we see that his actions were that he prayed, he healed, he fed, and he taught. So let me read the scriptures for you. Put them on the screen here. So Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So he's already active. He's already around doing stuff, right? Verse 36, but when he saw, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. So he saw them, they were fainted, they were scattered. He was moved by what he saw, and then he decided to do this. Verse 37 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. In other words, there's a lot of suffering out there. There's a lot of people who need me, but we don't have enough people who can turn their feelings into action and do something about it. So he says in verse 38, he says, pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray that people 
get motivated enough to do something about what they see. The harvest is ripe. There's a lot of stuff out there waiting to be healed, a lot of stuff waiting to be strengthened, a lot of stuff waiting to be developed and delivered, but we don't have enough workers. Let's look at the next verse, Matthew 14, 14 through 16. And Jesus went forth and, here it is again, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. So notice again, he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion toward them, and what did he do? He healed their sick. So he did something. Verse 15, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy them victuals. In other words, these people are hungry. Let them go away. Send them away. And the disciples are saying, send them away. But remember, Jesus was moved with compassion. He said, man, these people are hungry. They're out there. This is the story about the feeding of the 5,000. So verse 16 says, but Jesus said unto them, they don't need to go anywhere. Give them something to eat. In other words, If somebody comes to you in need, don't send them away. Give them what you have. Act on it. You you feel sorry for, oh, I feel so sorry for them. I feel so sorry for them. But they're still hungry. The disciples say, send them away. And you turning people away. Oh, you see people standing on the corner. Oh, I feel so sorry. They got a bag on the corner. But you won't help them. (laughs) So let's look at the last one. Verse 34, Mark 6. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people. In other words, they was following him around. And he was moved with compassion toward them. There he is again. He was moved with compassion because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So his response or action to them in this case is that he began to teach them. In other words, you, so you know, remember they used to say, you give somebody a fish, um, you satisfy their needs for the day, but you teach them how to fish. You satisfy their needs for the lifetime. So instead of just giving them the food, he said, let me teach you how, let me teach you how to live. Let me teach you how to be above the fray. Ah, man, is anybody tracking with what I'm saying? So let me give you our first point. Let me, let me break this down and give you this idea. The first point is Jesus was moved by what he saw. Compassion has to do with how you see it. How do you see it? The question is, what do you see? Most of us are seeing the situations around us incorrectly. And so we develop the improper feelings because we're seeing it the wrong way. Your emotions are given to you for a reason. Your emotions are not given to you for you to act crazy. Your emo- Listen, God did not put anger, um, happiness, joy, um, passion in you so you could go off on people. He gave you emotions to be constructive. Your emotions are supposed to be used Your feelings are supposed to be monitored and used for positive structuring of the actions to remedy or respond to the situation you saw. So let's say you saw somebody do something. You don't know why they did it, but you feel some kind of way about it and you react to it. Most of us end at the point of reaction. In other words, we get all emotional about it, but we don't do anything about it. So people all the time talk about what we don't like. I don't like this. I don't like it. I hate this. And I hate it. Okay, well, tell me what you do like or what will, what can we do to remedy? Some people don't even want to be fixed. They just want a, a megaphone to, vo- to voice them. Never mind. I, I'm, I'm getting off track, but, but this is true. Jesus was moved by what he saw. In other words, the text, I want to focus on what moved him. The text says something acted on him. In other words, he saw it. And something acted on him. In other words, he was influenced 
positively toward action by what he saw. Do you see stuff and it makes you think how to act positive? God dog it, y'all tripping. What moves you? Listen, the the with listen. What moves you within is a reaction to what you saw on the outside. You cannot divorce your inward feelings from what is outside. When you ask people, what are you feeling? Nothing. You lying. You, you, you got a feeling that is, a well, well, what made you feel this way? I don't know. Something triggered it. Emotions don't just occur be, for no reason. Something triggers an emotion. And what I'm going to teach you today is how can I harness that triggered emotion to do something positive instead of just cussing somebody out or going off. uh, Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm gonna need security. Little Ben, you sitting on ready? Watch this now. So God, watch this, watch this. God strategically places us near stuff that is intended to move us. God sets us up on a job or in a friendship or at a place where we can see something that is going to move us. He puts us where problems are. This is what I want you to see. See the situation as the problem you've been sent to correct. You're seeing the pro- you're seeing the job as a stress recorder for you. In other words, oh, I hate my job. I hate my instead of seeing it as God placed you. You listen, all you do is come back. There's no organization here. There ain't no structure here. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They don't even follow the policy. Duh. God sent you there so that you have this reaction. All that reaction you having is an indication that you have been moved by what is wrong. And you have to see the situation as the problem you have been sent to correct. In other words, you got to start walking around not complaining about the problem. You have to see yourself as the answer to whatever it is that moves you. Listen, eyes are one of the gateways into you. They put blinders on horses to minimize distractions, right? So you don't see all this stuff. Doggone it. What's wrong with us church folk? Because we are like Christians with blinders on. We don't want to say, oh, I don't want to see, I don't want to see my neighbor beating his wife. I don't want to say, I ain't going to say, I ain't saying nothing. Praise Jesus. I'm just going to go to choir rehearsal. What is wrong with you? Take the blinders off and start seeing the reason you're in that neighborhood is because you have the response needed. In other words, whatever it is you see that influences you, it moves you, it is for a purpose. This is why too much entertainment, watch this now, listen to this, listen to this, oh, this is so good. This is why too much entertainment can be deceptive. Because entertainment causes no real reaction. In other words, entertainment is not real. So in other words, there is no action you can do for a fictional situation. So entertainment is just entertainment. It isn't real and it takes up the time you could be feeling about the real. That's why we say people who live their lives partying too much, entertaining themselves, don't have any real substance to their life because they don't have enough real situations that they see and are moved by and create an action to respond to it. Now, entertainment is okay. It just can't be the sum total of your life. This is why we often say of lazy people, all you do is sit there and watch TV. What we're saying is you're taking in stuff that is not real and it will not move you into action. What you're watching on TV ain't going to move you to go cut the grass. (laughs) What you're watching on TV ain't going to move you to go get a job. In other words, you need to go out in the street. You need to see the struggles of men and women. You need to see what how hard it is for people who work every day. And you will feel differently when you sit on the couch for six, seven hours and haven't done anything in the house to help anybody do anything. You can't fill out one resume. You can't get online to fill out one resume to try and get you a job. You can't do it because you haven't seen life well enough to be moved 
to action. God, am I helping anybody here? So watch this now. If you don't see the real problems of life, our lives, you won't have any kind of real action to it. Our lives are responses to real problems in the world. Fix them by seeing them. I want the church to come out the church and start seeing the real world. I want you to stop being so holy focused, holy focuses. I want, there's not a word, but I want you to stop being so deepulous. I'm being silly. I want you to stop being so kooky and fanatical in your religiosity that you don't think the real world exists. People out there are getting beat up. People out there are selling their bodies. People out there are living in cars every night. Yes, it is true. The stuff you don't think, oh, surely that ain't happening. You're too naive because you've been in a bubble of church and God is saying you aren't seeing the world enough to be moved by the world. Come on, somebody. The Bible says in the Greek, the word, the tense of the word is that it is a passive tense. It means that Jesus was moved upon. It was an action upon him. My point is there's nothing you can do about it. Listen, you don't, it's like the actor, wait a minute, let me tell let me talk to little Ben over here. It's like little Ben, they, they say, Ben, this is your role, you gotta act. And they say, you gotta cry. No, okay. You can't be forced crying. What he's saying is you can't be standing up there trying to In other words, sometimes what they say, little Ben, you have to think about something very close to you. You have to put yourself in a place to where the action or the memory moves you to cry. You can't fake cry. God is not saying run around being this super Christian who fakes like you care. God ain't asking you to go out in the world and send out stuff and like you can. No, God says, just be you, live life in the world and the world will move you. <laughs> you it'll move you to tears and you ain't even got to act like it. You heard, You ain't got to act like a Christian. Just be in the world. The world will, is anybody giving what I'm saying about life should move you? Is anybody moved by what you have seen lately? You don't have to conjure up the reality. Action. Ain't nobody got to come to church and pump you up. Come on now, everybody stand up. Everybody, come on, clap it. How dare you don't clap you? Listen, listen, Sonny. Listen, Sonny, on General Hospital. I've been, <laughs> listen, I've been living, I've been living these past six days in hell. I've been dealing with enough people. You ain't got to pump me up. By the time I get to church, oh, thank you. Put it right here, Jesus. Kiss me right on my forehead. Right here, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. I, I feel this. Listen, the, the point is, seeing something wrong with others ought to move you to action. Jesus was moved because he saw the people fainting. He moved. He was moved because he saw them scattered. He was moved because they were without a shepherd. They didn't have leadership. All I'm saying to you today is don't close your eyes to other people. Don't close your eyes to what's around you. The Bible says that the people were harassed like wolves. They were harassed like wolves, uh, by, 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 like they were sheep harassed by wolves with no one to take care of them. Exhausted from running and hiding, strategizing, plotting, a daily escape plans. You know, do you know some people wake up every day trying to figure out how they're going to escape? Every day they are on the run. Every day their plan is to get away. While you sit up in your air-conditioned car and house and you ain't got nothing to worry about. You go to work every day and you see that woman, you see that man struggling and it doesn't move you. The sheep were maligned by religious leaders. They laid there in weariness and helplessness. The scribes and the Pharisees had left the crew, the believers there to be harassed by wolves. And I dare not leave you laying around scattered like sheep with no leader. I'm trying to teach you how to be moved to reaction. Let's go to my second point. Keep on moving. Keep on grooving, PC. Number two, he was moved by what he saw. He felt what he saw. Let's talk about the feelings. Let's get down with the feelings. How do you feel? I'd like to ask you that question this morning, Riri. Hi, Riri. I'd like to ask you this morning the question, 
Hi, Riri. Let me talk to you about feelings. How do you feel? So ask yourself that question in this context. Not how do you feel, like do you feel, do you feel anxious? No, I'm asking you to explain how do you feel. In other words, what makes you feel? Not how do you feel, like I feel happy. No, I'm asking you to explain to me how do you feel? What, what do you, what makes you feel? How do you feel? In other words, do you feel when people spit at you? Do you feel only when stuff goes badly? Do you feel only when you see an emotional movie? How do you feel? The point is, if we're going to be better at action, we must do better at controlling our feelings. Ooh, this is good teaching. I'm going to get this tape myself. Do you look at others in trouble and feel nothing? Hmm. If you can look at stuff in trouble and feel nothing, you don't feel. You don't know how to feel. If you feel you, listen, if you feel you will, if you feel properly, you will have actions. Compassion, compassion is about having feelings and feelings. Watch this now. Here it is, Shana. Feelings are barometers that measure the intensity of how much action you can put out. If I don't feel strongly about it, I'm not going to act strongly on it. That's a quotable. If I don't feel strongly about it, I'm not going to act strongly on it. So our feelings gauge how much we're going to do. Ooh, God. Ooh. Ooh. So maybe, watch this now, maybe the church has lost its feelings. Mm, come on, PC. They're going to put me out the church. I can't be no pastor no more. Maybe the church has lost its feeling. Why? Because you lose your feeling when you focus on self. Woo! I know it. Pause. Say la. Let me let you think on that for a minute. Marinate on that. You lose your feeling for others when you are consumed with yourself. So most of the teaching and preaching in the church today is about how I can feel better, how I can get a bigger car, how I can get a bigger house and a bigger church. So the church has lost its compassion which means its ability to suffer with those in the world and we treat the world like they are idiots and have the plague of leprosy instead of loving them and being where they are. We want to talk about the homosexual. We want to talk about got nothing to do with them. How are they going to get saved? How are they going to experience the love of God? I've got gay friends and I love them. They don't have to come to my church. They don't even have to believe what I believe, but they'll never convert if I don't love them. I love my gay friends. I love my lying friends. I can hope they don't lie too much, but, but I love the people. In other words, I got friends, they smoke blunts. When I was playing softball, when I was out in the world, I've got a I've got a, 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 a genre of friends. Who hangs around nothing but good old say folk? If you do, you have no compassion. You can tell people of compassion by who they surround themselves with because their compassion is triggered by what they see. So their feelings are adjusted. Ah, they get better control on their feelings because they have a wider and broader perspective based on what they see. Ooh. So you manage better your feelings by greater exposure to what you see. If you've only seen your family act one way, then your emotions will only come out one way. Stop reacting only. Listen, your mama, your daddy is angry. Your daddy was an alcoholic or whatever it, your situation is. There are other women and men who do not drink, who do not cuss out, who do not throw stuff. You have got to see it differently so you can feel it properly. Woo! 
Oh, that's a quotable. See it differently so you can feel it properly. So many come to church. You know, you got people. Let me let me talk to you over here. Many people come to church and, you know, sing a song, sit in a worship, hear a powerful sermon. Woo! Powerful sermon, Jesus. And feel absolutely nothing. You come to church two hours and don't feel nothing. How in the world? To to act. Listen, to not act means you aren't bothered enough by anything. People of no action are not moved by anything. That's a quotable again. People of no action are not moved by anything. How can you live your life and nothing disturbs you? Empathy is a barometer. And in compassion, you actually share the feeling. I got to break this down, the difference between empathy and compassion. To have compassion means you both feel it and you want to mitigate the pain. Compassion says, I feel what you're feeling. I understand what you're feeling, but I want to do something about it. Empathy stops a little short. Empathy says, I feel what you're feeling. I understand what you're feeling, but you may not necessarily get me to do anything about it. So I can be empathetic, and I think the church may be largely empathetic, but we have lost our compassion because we don't know how to turn our empathy into action. We don't learn how, we don't know how to make our feelings turn up to passion. We need to increase our level of intensity about how we feel about what's wrong. How can you look at somebody who experiences something wrong and you don't want to do anything about it. How well do you feel things that matter? How well do you feel stuff that is important? To hear someone's pain audibly, but not feel what they said emotionally means you don't have compassion. I've got to say that again, Latanya. Listen to this, Lawanda, my sisters. If you, listen to me, listen, to hear someone's pain audibly, but you do not feel what they said emotionally means you don't have compassion. Are you capable of suffering with others? There are people who say, yeah, I heard what you said. They don't say, I feel what you feel. And they say, I'm sorry, you feel that way. <laughs> they don't care. They don't, they don't feel what you feel. I know I'm talking to somebody. I'm just going to look right in the camera. I'm looking right at you. I know there are plenty of you who have experienced this. But God is asking us how great, listen, we're good. We're good at feeling when it comes to stuff related to us. Oh, we feel some kind of way. I got fired today. Oh, man, piss me off. Oh, did you see how she looked at me? Oh, oh, she oh, got to, did it. All this stuff. You feel, you intense about what belongs to you. But sit there and ask somebody to tell you what's going on with them. And you tired, you sleepy, you got to go somewhere, you late because you don't know how to feel for other people. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. We feel for us, but we don't feel for others. And I just need for us again to learn how to get compassion for others. And that's why in Matthew 14, the disciples said, send the people away so they can eat. Jesus said, no, you have what is needed to meet the needs here. Well, what do we have? Jesus said, The disciples said, we don't have enough. He said, well, what you got? Two fish, five loaves of bread. Some of you hear people's problems. They pour their heart out in front of you. You think, ooh, ooh, this is beyond my pay grade. I don't have what Jesus said. What do you have? What you have a you have a associate's degree, you have a high school diploma, you have life's experience, you have common sense. Take what you have and do your best to meet the needs of the people instead of sending them away. Yes, they may need counseling. Yes, you can refer them, but don't refer them before you take a stab at it to feel what they feel, to suffer with them in the moment, and do your best to respond. Well, I know you're broke, but can I give you twenty dollars right now? 
now, that will at least get you some gas till you can get to the job. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? That's why I created this moment, God is saying, so that your actions can take place to solve the dilemma. God puts you where that person's struggle is. And this is so contrary. This is why people are so fake. People say, hi. And we say, how you doing? Nobody even tells you. They just say, how you doing? That was a question. They say, hi, how you feeling? Oh, and they just keep on, hi. And wait a minute, I ask you how you doing. You know why we say that? Because nobody really wants to know how you're doing. Because if you tell me how you doing, I might have to do something to respond to how you're doing. And so we like to stay on the surface and just be praised the Lord. Hi, saints. Oh, God is good. All of that. But we can't sit down and really hear what's going on in your life. Because most of y'all online right now got enough stuff that needs Jesus in it. I'm telling you, there's enough happening in your life right now. You could use counseling for real, for real. Come on, somebody. Let me move to number three. It's how you feel. All right, let's get down to the action. The third point is that he acted on what he saw. Jesus acted on what he saw. So let's talk about the action. We talked about the influence that he was moved from the outside to feel within to the point where he reacts. The question is, What will you do about what you saw? What will you do about what you saw? What do you want to do about what has moved you? After Jesus has moved, after Jesus was moved, the scripture says he did something. So when you see something and it moves you, what will you do about it? He did something about the situation. And this is how you can discover your calling in life. I want you to focus in right now, Sharon. I want you to really see this, Tia. This is how you can tell where your calling in life is. Find out what moves you. In other words, your calling is usually centered around stuff that moves you. What upsets you? When I see injustice in the world, it moves me. I tell Joy all the time, I got to go to Philadelphia. I got to fly. I got to go with uh, Sharpton. I got to be down there. I got to go. I got to be boots on the ground. I'm moved by injustice. I'm moved when I see a consumer being taken advantage of. I'm mad when companies put commercials on TV and they give you this little bitty font at the bottom that people who barely can read sure enough can't read it in two seconds and it's too small to see. They got eyeglasses. They ain't even had time to get their eyeglasses, but they just want you to buy the product. They are taking advantage of people. Not everybody. I'm just saying that's some shady companies that do. I'm moved by stuff. I'm moved when I see young people perform in their gifts and their skills and abilities. I do stuff with youth. I'm moved by the word of God. I'm moved when I see. Do you hear what I'm saying? What moves you? What freaking moves you? I said freaking twice. I need, uh, have mercy, Lord. But you know what I mean. It's a nice way. I'm just saying, you know, what moves you? Anyway, moving on. Keep going. Find out what moves you. In other words, what gives you passion? Look at this. Now, what makes you feel some kind of way? And if you find yourself thinking about ways you can change the situation, baby, that's your calling. If you see something and you be sitting there thinking, mm, that would be another way to do that. I said something to Joy last night about maybe I could come up with a way. I had a dream and I wanted to remember it. And I was thinking, I was, I'm sitting there laying in bed thinking, how can I record dreams? How can we record? I mean, video record. Like, not. I know they can record like a responses, but I want to record a video. How can we get the video so I can remember it? (laughs) In other words, what do you sit there and think about? What can I do to change it? And usually, usually if you're feel, if you're moved with it and you feel some kind of way and you're thinking about how to solve it, guess what, Tia? You already have the gifts and the skills to do it. In other words, you don't have to go buy them. God has already deposited it in you. Watch this. Why do I know? Because if you didn't have them, 
what you saw wouldn't have moved you. God only lets what moves you equate or relate to what's already inside of you. So if you're moved by it, God has already given you the skills to do something about it. So how do you do something about it? Look at this now. You've got to, number one, you've got to know the situation. So if I'm going to go do something about it, if I'm going to go help these young kids, I got to know the situation. I can't just go up in there talking about, you know, such and such. I need to know technology. I need to know social media. I need to know how they get around. I need to know what the emojis mean. I need to know. In other words, I can't just go into the young land and act like I know what I'm talking about because they will reject me because I don't know the situation. Jesus knows the situation and he was moved with compassion. He said they were like sheep scattered without a shepherd. In other words, he assessed the situation. I'm telling you, make sure you assess the situation before you go in trying to fix the situation. And too many of us got advice for people who they don't even know the situation. Before you speak, listen. Listen long enough to understand people's plight and then offer some sort of response or action. And then, listen, if you do listen or if you show people that you have the slightest empathy and compassion for them, you better have something to remedy for it. Listen, don't come over here acting like you love me and you want to help me, but you ain't got nothing for me. In other words, God dog it, this is why God then practices provision. He keeps us stocked up because he's always going to have somebody around us who needs what we have. Ah, so the way I stay stocked up is by staying moved with compassion for other people. So if God sees that I'm willing to bless other people with what I have, he keeps giving me what I need so I can give people what they need and guess what my provision my cup runneth over my well never runs dry I'm always provided for because I'm living life not as this religious church person but as Cherry George Smith the third who works down there on first street who stands out there on the corner selling this or doing whatever it is I'm doing I live life on the day-to-day 24-hour cycle like you and I've learned how to hear God and see God on the street, in the alley, in the gangs, in the hoe house, the crack house, the jail house, the law house, the corporate house, the executive level. I have sat at the table at the boardroom and I have seen the sluttiest of ways. I've seen the most conniving and deceiving ways of leadership and I have been at the table to try to inject integrity, to inject honesty, to inject forgiveness and People building. I've been at the table because, I, and I couldn't say praise the Lord, hallelujah. I couldn't quote a scripture. I couldn't read a Bible. I had to talk about whatever it was, technology, or whatever it was the business was about. I had to be at the table. I'm telling you, you have to have a remedy for it. You've got to start walking around like I got what you need. I got what you need. Be able, the third thing is, one, know the, know the situation, two, have a remedy for it, three, be able to relate to it or approach it like you, you're personally experiencing it. You know, that's, again, I'm, I'm on church today. I'm on church folk. I'm on church folk. Church, walk, church folk walk up on you with a condemning smirk in the first place. They walk up on you like you condemn. You know what I'm saying? They don't approach it like they have personally experienced it. Oh, I'm saved, delivered, happy, and powerful in God. Okay, well, you wasn't always powerful. You used to be drunk on the corner, too. You used to be at the club acting up, too. You used to do all this. You was doing all that crazy stuff. Now you're going to act like you don't know what it's like? It was just six months ago. God delivered you. Help me get saved. Help me get delivered. So when you approach people, approach it personally like you're experiencing. Jesus says the harvest is ripe. The harvest is full of souls waiting to be converted. Pray that God will send people who will be moved with compassion to do something about what's wrong. That's what I'm saying. The world is ripe. The harvest is ripe. There's a lot of stuff out there. People to be picked. There's a lot of blessings out there for people to be delivered. And you know, people always quote this passage and talk about 
about, you know, the harvest, right? go get money, go get blessing. No, I'm saying there's a harvest out there of souls that God wants us to lift up and bring into the kingdom. That's what the harvest is. The harvest is right, but the laborers are few. They're still in church. Y'all get out of church. Please come out of church. I'm out here on the field. I'm saying to all y'all 20 people online, help me. Help me bring in this harvest. Help me bring in this harvest. You in Long Beach, you in LA, you in Compton, help me bring in this harvest. Chapter 10 of Matthew says, Jesus calls his disciples deeper into the work and he gives them power to get it done. If you read the passage, you read the chapter, it talks about, okay, you want to work with me, then I'll give you power. So God says, if you do the work, if you get the action, we've already talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. I spent the first four weeks on that, talking about how to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. To remove the pain of others is to remove the pain of yourself. And when we start living out of compassion, every time we help others, we actually help ourselves. And the reason we're so sick and toxic and we're not getting better is because we don't allow ourselves to be a blessing to other people. I'm healed. I'm healthy. I'm strong. Thank God, because I spend a lot of my life trying to help others be strong too. And sometimes while I'm counseling others, I be counseling myself. I be saying to myself, oh, that'll work for me. Talk to me, PC. Talk to me. In other words, the things I'm giving other people, it works for me. Take your own medicine, PC. Take your own pill. Take the pill that they you gave to them. In other words, this feeling that I have, what I'm trying to get you to see is this feeling, this is suffering, it's a pain. And it's not compassion until it's a pain that requires aid. I'm telling you, stuff in the world, I'm not just saying look at the world and see how bad it is. I'm saying look at the world, see how bad it is and respond to the stuff that requires aid. Look, somebody's shoe untied. They can tie their own shoe. They don't require aid. Now, if they don't have hands, that requires aid. What I'm trying to say to you is find the things that require a response. God, compassion is action that stems from the feeling the situation gives you. How did the situation make you feel? How did the situation, what does your barometer say? Is your barometer ticking on high or is it way down low? Jesus healed the sick because when he saw somebody in leprosy, his barometer went to popping. He was like a low rider's chin. He was hitting the switch. The barometer was raising. What happens when you see people who are, don't have lunch at work and you know they're hungry? They've been sitting at the desk for the last five hours and you watch them. You know they've got four kids and they're on a budget and you know they didn't eat today. Does your barometer go up and you go buy them lunch? I told you that last week about how I bought a hot dog and a drink for a guy at Costco. Does your barometer move or are you too busy to do something? I'm saying to you, compassion has action. What have you done for someone lately? Help me, Janet Jackson. What have you done for me? She didn't say, what have you said to me lately? No, she said, what have you done for me? Jesus is saying, what have you done for someone lately that you were moved to do something about? Nobody had to ask you. Nobody had to beg you. The pastor didn't have to call you, but you were moved to do something about it. I've got to give my conclusion. I'm out of time. Let's wrap this up. Are you a bundle of feelings with no actions? Are you just a walking reservoir of emotional combustion? Are you unstable feelings ready to pop and explode at any moment with no type of structure or positioning of pasturing? You just feel. I don't know, but I feel some kind of way. Well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know, but I'm sure mad. Well, what are you going to do? I'm a kid's car. Oh, what are you going to do? I, you just feel. You just feel. Some, I know some people just cry. Every time they open their mouth, they cry. It's a sign of unhealthiness. It's something wrong on the inside. They need healing. And I try to preach. I try to counsel. I try to help. Jesus responded in four ways in which we can apply as actions to the things we see in our lives. I'm giving you four ways. He prayed, number one, he prayed that we need to get some more labors. Two, he healed the sick, we saw. Three, he fed them with two fish and five loaves. 
goes a bit. For he taught him. So you can pray. You can heal. Yes, you can heal. Yes, you can feed. Yes, you can teach. Let us move into the action of prayer for help. You can help people by praying for help. (laughs) Amen. You can help people by praying for help. Prayer to get soldiers back in the game who have fallen out of the game. Pray for your friend who used to be a deacon at the church, but now they don't go no more. Pray for the friend who used to be a soprano in the choir stand, but she got hurt by the deacon and the pastor, and now they won't sing no more. Pray for people who are on the outskirts, who are troubled by church hurt and won't go to church no more. You can't go get them. They won't ride to church with you, but you can pray. That's helping people. Pray that laborers will come. Help me as Pastor Cherry. Pray for more people to come online. Pray for more people to get out there in the the world and not be in the church so much. We can pray. Number two, let's move into the action of nursing others instead of canceling them or condemning them and judging them. By healing them, I mean nursing them, by caring for them, by going to see people, by giving them a ride, by offering them help, by paying their gas money, by buying them lunch, by not condemning them, not being so quick to judge them. Well, God ain't going to be happy with you. Talk to them on their level. Every word out of your mouth don't have to be praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus, and hallelujah. Talk to them about where they are. Girl, when I was back in the day, honey, I had a boyfriend he would come over and honey he was fine talk to them like they know what you're talking about don't be sitting up there talking about you don't like fine people you do like fine people I tell you I looked I was walking down the street one day we was on prairie it's about five of us preachers we was going to lunch and I'm telling you a sister walked by us and she was divine five preachers mind you one was a bishop and I'm telling you there ain't one person that after she didn't walk by we didn't all turn and look at each other and be like, I know you can't say nothing, but uh, uh, you know you saw what I saw. Be real with me, brother. Don't act like you don't see it. I ain't asking you to do nothing with it. I'm just asking you to help me understand. And when I saw real bishops deal with real temptations and still live holy, I started trying to live holy. I started trying to be better. We don't need more Christians who are just telling people scriptures. We need people to tell the truth about your life. Tell us what you came from. Tell us how much you smoked. Tell us where you used to hang. Tell us how your heart was broken. Tell us what you're going through because if you can help me get rid of my pain, God says your pain will be removed as well. Thirdly, let's feed the hungry, not just food. We can't feed everybody, but feed people motivation. Feed people encouragement. Oh God, feed. Ah, feed people hope. Feed people. Help me. Feed people opportunity. Feed people a voice of possibility. Let them know yes you can. Yes you can. You're raising that child on your own. If you need help, I got you. Tell people feed them. Feed them what they need in life. Feed them. Everybody don't need chicken. Somebody just needs a smile. Feed them a smile. Just be nice to folk and finally let us employ our teaching skills people will feel better and do better if they know better instead of always being in church talking about people turn the talk about into teach too take your talking about off of them and start talking to them teach them how to live teach them how to change teach them how to be restored instead of complaining and bickering and sending them to hell every time they do wrong give people the knowledge you have to help them get to where you are in life and even beyond. And so, beloved, it is my hope that we as a people are moved with compassion because there is a world out there and it's depending on how we see it, how we feel it, and what we decide to do about it. I'm PC and that's all I've got. Amen.